we are Welcome back, guys, to Interest in Conflicts, part two of Life as a First and Second Generation Canadian. Did you want to talk about your generational trauma? Yeah, so one of the biggest things I think that immigrants tend to pass on to their children is like the trauma of leaving behind their country, whether they wanted to leave or not. There are a lot of taboo topics that we just don't talk about. So I think kind of as a second generation immigrant, trying to navigate that as an adult now, I think is a lot of work on my end. Being able to identify certain issues and where they come from. I think a lot of them do come from my parents. So things like being strong-willed, not showing emotion. If you work hard at something, you'll achieve it. Um, Having that sort of mentality, I think it's not very healthy and it's something that is just passed on. Would you say that's trauma? Well, like in my parents' case where like they left Sri Lanka, not because they wanted to, but because they feared their lives. I think it it kind of came off as a survival thing. That case, yeah, I think it was a little bit of trauma. Right. I I do hear stories about immigrant parents, like they've worked so hard for you, like using that as a sort of like guilt trip. (laughs) And I know it's not, it's not, it doesn't come from any, any sort of ill intention, but it's sort of that like mentality that they may have had when they were in their own countries uh, which isn't common when you come to Canada right okay yeah those sort of like issues and trauma that gets passed on and I think like second generation and first generation immigrants and and the children of immigrants tend to feel that the most yeah I would say like it's also almost a a culture that they're bringing over though exactly yeah like you said like the discipline the mentality Mm-hmm. Well, this is like the root of white privilege. It's like they didn't have to struggle work for anything. Yeah. yeah, so there's that loss of identity too. It's sort of like I'm being brought up as someone who saw my parents work hard, but I don't have to work extra hard to have successes in my life. I have that privilege. Get to go to university. I get to do it once, yeah. and I get to have a career after that. Yeah, and everything comes easy to me. So yeah, I wanted to ask how I don't know the time period, or I don't know if you know the details. Yeah. How urgent was it when they knew they were going to move? Was it like we're moving in two months to another country, or was it like a two-year decision, or even ten-year decision? Do you know how quick that was? Yeah. So for my dad, I think there were riots that started to occur in the 1980s. I don't know when exactly, but that's when um, like a lot of Tamil Sri Lankans realized it was unsafe to still be in the country. And so a lot of gateways then opened to countries that were accepting refugees, running away from civil wars and certain severe conditions. And so that's when my dad saw the opportunity to leave. And then that's how my mom came as well. So yeah, I think it was definitely in the 80s when the flux of Tamil refugees occurred to different countries. And then they landed in Canada like after two years? So my dad actually first went to Switzerland first. My dad went to Switzerland too! Yeah. (laughs) Then he moved to London in the United Kingdom. He was there for I think a couple years and then he came to Canada. Oh yeah. What a progress, right? Yeah. So it was sort of like where wherever they would let him stay essentially yeah yeah oh 
even mm-hmm. like when you get to Canada, like you, the par- your parents are probably going through some traumatic experiences, like like immediately wanting to learn the language so you can fit in. I feel like I would be very scared and very anxious to to transition, not just the process of coming to Canada. So I think there's yeah. like so many areas where trauma can occur. Mm, definitely, yeah, the transition part. I mean, if I'm so worried about me keeping my culture, mm-hmm. imagine them trying to like adapt to a new one, right? right? It's pretty easy to think how difficult or how scary that would be. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you mentioned the part where you work hard, study as hard as you can, basically, you know, achieve the best that you can achieve. Don't waste any time, be efficient, et cetera, et cetera. So I have choices. Did my parents have choices? I doubt, like, were they like, hmm, I don't want to study this. Maybe I can just switch and study this instead. You don't have time for that. You got to work. My grandparents, essentially, are, like, working super hard. You got to, like, get a job, pass the money back to your family again. And then you have, like, seven other siblings that, you know, you got to, like, take care of after school. Or you're working a side job after school. The fact that I have a choice is crazy. You know, I'm like, oh, what career path do I want? There's no question. It's just, you got to first get money and then after what are you really good at okay do that and then you go from there right there's no like let me consider how much i enjoy this yeah Mm, i don't really like it right there's no there's no leeway there yeah they can get that that's a good thing i think of course that's what they came here for like no 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 they're so happy that you have that they never get the conflict of i don't know what to do in my life because there's always there's always something very clear freedom (laughs) No, 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 essentially, like, yeah. but it's not a bad thing. Yeah. I'm like, this is a good, great problem to have. Yeah. This is the problems that we want. I'm just saying our parents have like more pressing priorities during their time when they were growing up. I need to get food. I need to get money to get the food. Like, that's what I think is yeah. why they're pushing on those habits. It's like, you got to keep on working if you want to succeed. You got to keep on, once you get the ball rolling, keep on going. Don't stop, right? Like all these sayings lessons values you know the the little quotes that they give out or what i grew up with he used to say like there's a will there's a way yeah Mm. no pain no no gain is a good one you know so throw one of those at you yeah you know yeah Yeah. so i just think there's that difference it's like right for them to try to understand that it's it's very weird or very abnormal when i think about it though like i remember my parents like the only acceptable career paths where like an engineer or an, an go through a career that is academically and professionally fulfilling then you should choose that over anything that might be creative and secure yeah security exactly security. security that is one of the biggest the biggest priorities is get a job that you will have a job for for the rest of your life whether or not you love that or not at least you'll be secure so, yeah that's what their worry is yeah yeah and so I definitely had that beat into me as a, not physically, but like, it was, <laughs> it was a mindset that I've had ever since I was younger. One of my first thoughts when I was younger is I want to be an astronaut, like a career that was so like scientific and so like fulfilling. I thought that's what I'm going to be because my, that's the way my parents will be proud of me. I never thought, oh, I can be an artist or a musician or go into film that was that never crossed my mind um so i think that's definitely an interesting concept that's been taught to me parents have different approaches they could be like there's levels of strictness and 
you know, how much they want to control your life. And and for dating, like, my mom was very understanding and, like, I mean, me and my dad didn't talk a lot about dating, but my mom was like, you know, like, you should, you should definitely know what you want and to know what you want, you got to experience, right? So she was just pretty open with the fact if I wanted to date or not. My parents, I feel like they have vocalized that they would like me to date someone who is Tamil. Um, and, um, but they are aware that I am not only attracted to Tamil people, so um, they have that in the back of their minds. Yeah, you know? so you've made your point clear, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. yeah. I, I, my parents have not vocalized that. I don't think they would, like, my, I don't think they would try to enforce that yeah. on me. No. Now, what about the question, do you think you've tried really hard to make your parents proud just because of how much you know they've sacrificed for you and how much they've done for you? I've definitely felt like I've wanted to make my parents proud harder than a non-immigrant would. Yeah, I think I would say the same. But yeah. I don't know if that's good. Like, what if you wanted to do something yourself? That's what I mean. That's a conflict. Yeah. That's the issue. That's the thing that I have to battle with is like, when I want to make my parents proud, but then I'm like, but this is your life. Why do you have to make your, like, it doesn't apply to everything. I think about what do my parents really want from me and they just yeah. want me to be happy. So and even if you have a harder parent which is like I want you to be a doctor and you don't want to be a doctor like do you really think they want you to sacrifice your happiness for that really think about Mm -hmm. what they actually want for you in the long run right yeah they want you to be a doctor so you're secure like we said we dug down what the actual intent is right and if you can secure yourself a job and it's not a doctor they shouldn't be upset about that I think it's just how they're wording it Mm -hmm. is they think that's the only choice or the best choice and you gotta sometimes trust your own judgment if this is the best choice, knowing yeah. that you don't like that career. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'd say that, that that was a big thing is to to know that someone goes through is that conflict and I really want to make my parents proud. I really want to live my life mm-hmm. and then have those two come together. Yeah. I think that's definitely an internal yeah. struggle. I think for the most part, what I want to do to make myself happy and what my parents want for me tend to aligned but when it doesn't align I think that's when I'm sort of like do I choose me or do I choose them so like when I was applying for jobs I like specifically was applying for jobs outside of Ontario and my parents they would 100% be proud of me wherever I go but a part of them was disappointed that I was leaving Ontario and specifically the GTA and leaving them so in cases like that you sort of have to decide whether you want to make yourself happy or them happy yeah it's definitely difficult though I always feel guilty when I choose myself over them I don't know that's the different thing with my parents I think they want me to get out like I think they get that that's the best for me though it's to get out and uh, see more things that's why I don't think they, like, they would obviously want me to stay close, but they also know that while I'm young, I should be able to go out. One thing I want to point out, though, with the difference between Sri Lankan culture and Chinese culture is I, th- I feel like you guys are more family-oriented. You guys have way more family parties than we do. And they're <laughs> way larger. Talk to your grandparents, you know, make sure you keep that connection, like, the respect for your grandparents. Like, we have that, too. I just think that it's even more elevated. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I think for us, it's sort of like family first or everything. And especially as like a, as a female, like you don't leave the house before you're married. Yeah, like independence in a brown family and a Sri Lankan Tamil family is definitely different um, between yeah. both 
genders and like age as well. So um, yeah, it's different. I think there, I guess there is a difference between coming from China and coming from Sri Lanka. There's a difference in cultures, but it's, I think it's still very similar. Yeah. 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 They just want you to stay home. You know, they still want you to, they want you to be close. Like they yeah. find that of importance, which I think our parents understood like the exploration part of life. Yeah. Well, that's different because mm-hmm. I think we moved for different reasons. Like I didn't know our, like, uh, like your parents were refugees. So that's obviously oh, yeah, like yeah. a different reason to move, you know, like, mm-hmm. like if they went back or like, do they, they talk about going back? Like they wouldn't move. They wouldn't have moved if there wasn't a war. Right. Like that's what yeah. I mean. Like our parents. Oh, fair. Your parents moved for the opportunity. That's yeah, true. Yeah. Our parents did. In regards to your question, yeah, my as I was growing up, my parents would always say, "Once um, you and your sister are done studying, we're just going to go back to Sri Lanka," <laughs> and that's sort of how I grew up with that mentality that they would retire in Sri Lanka right. and we would be here. Yeah. But that's kind of changed as we grew up, as we <laughs> finished our studies. What they thought initially when they came to Canada was that they were only going to be here temporarily yeah. and that their life back in Sri Lanka would still be there for them. Yeah. But the thing is, things there changed. Mm-hmm. The same people that they wanted to go back to aren't there. Um, the culture there is different. The life there is yeah. different. And they've already adapted to kind of like a first world country where we have access to healthcare and yeah. other sort of resources. Yes. So I don't think they would go back. I think they struggle with the whole like, can't go back to Sri Lanka but aren't completely adapted here as well so that's a really good way to put it I think I I can say that Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd say for my parents but my uncle in the UK I asked him I was like why aren't you going back to Hong Kong your your son has moved to Singapore right it's you and your wife here now in the UK and he's like the amount of luxury that we get here basically their health care is covered you're not going to get that in Hong Kong He's like, and we're getting old. We need a lot of healthcare, right? Mm-hmm. And then transportation's free. Like, there's so many perks and so many services that the UK provides for them that he couldn't get in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And, then, yeah. and like with the with the struggles he'd have to go through. And I was like, yeah, but what are your friends? I don't know your family. And he's like, like people have moved. And then for friends, it's like they lost in touch. You know, it's like so many years. And then yeah, like my a big one for I would say who didn't go back is my grandparents because they that's really hard they were they were not in their 20s they were like I don't know how old like maybe 60s mm-hmm. right 60 years old to come over right and then they it was very difficult they you know like they didn't learn that much English right like the to adapt for them was way harder than even for my parents to adapt but luckily they didn't have to work they're they're re- retired right but they really wanted to go back until <laughs> My aunts told me this until they found out that I think you had to be permanent residents for a certain amount of time, maybe 10 years. They started getting money. <laughs> so once they started getting money, like they were like, we're good. We're good. We'll stay. We'll stay. <laughs> it was like an allowance they got <laughs> from the government. Yeah. Uh, so, so funny. Yeah. So they ended up staying like they realized, you know, like life was good there. And yeah. then, yeah, you make your decision on things change. Like time doesn't stop for anybody. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mentioned something again. It was the difference in male and female and how, how like our home country, that's way different than in Canada. And especially like you said, the independence part, um, the whole like respect part. I've been lucky enough. 
I have law. I don't know. How do you know if I'd say it's lucky? Because it feels like common sense that, okay, guys and girls are, are equal, like should be treated equal, oh. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and my parents have, but I know that a lot of Asian families, the guys are favorited, like very obviously by the grandparents, by whatever. You just get all the attention, you get all the presents, and the girls are there left being yeah. like next to nobody. And I, mm-hmm. I've heard stories, but I, I haven't experienced that. Like really luckily, yeah, because that, that would probably change who I am a lot. Like your self confidence would plummet. You know, you'd think that's your worth. Yeah, you, ah, so wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think I was like grateful to have been born with a sister and not a brother because I think if I had been born with a brother, I definitely would have been able to see the differences in how they're treated. Really? Yeah. So I think a lot of the double standards that I realized growing up sort of came from seeing how my cousin was raised and then how my aunt would suggest to my mom how I would should be raised and how she would talk to me. So just a, a note, me and my aunt are like super close. Like she's one of my favorite people in the entire world. World. Yeah. Um, I consider her to be like one of the most liberal people in our family. Yeah. But there were definitely some double standards that I could not agree with growing up. So things like what I should be wearing, whether I should be wearing something that is a bit more revealing, whether that's okay or not, whether I could go out and hang out with my friends. That was a big thing, like coming home late. Like I I had a curfew of like 7 p.m. sometimes and growing up everyone had a curfew of like 9 p.m. Right. 10 p.m. They'd be out so late. What about sleepovers? I, I never went to a sleepover before the age of like 17. I think that in grade 12 was my first sleepover. What was your first sleepover? Grade 8. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I think part of that is also like culture from Sri Lanka, but I think a bigger thing is like as my parents immigrated here, their ability to trust me in a foreign country was sort of scary for them. Mm. Um, Like they didn't know who my friends were. Mm. They didn't know my friend's Mm. parents. So for them to trust that, they, they probably just couldn't so that's a good point yeah like their values right like your friends parents values like exactly yeah yeah. no i was gonna say the difference again like you said your parents were sort of forced to come here and for a while they wanted to return back right right yeah but like my parents weren't forced to come here and they didn't want to return back so Mm. no and because of that i think they wanted to immerse into the culture more than your parents so like yeah what I'm trying to say is like even if I was a girl someone asked for a sleepover right like my parents if they didn't want to get into the culture they wouldn't care but if they didn't want to merge into the culture and they're like yeah all the white kids are going to the sleepover you can go too because that's like what you're supposed to do in this culture right you know right. what I'm trying to get at like, they basically want you to fit in yeah they want you to obviously well, they, they want to know the culture too mm. oh like what are they doing like if the Canadian kids had a curfew of nine. I'm sure your parents would give you that too, if they, because it's like they would think that's the norm. Mm. You know? I was gonna say I I was allowed sleepovers much much younger than you were. I forgot what age. Like I think even in primary school, I was already doing sleepovers, but it would always be a struggle. Your parents would know their parents, right? Like. Yeah, and they were they were of different. They were they were Canadian. There was also Asian too. Yeah. There was like it was like a mix of everything. Now I asked my mom after why she was so difficult to let me do sleepovers, and she's like, because I was worried. I was just worried for your safety. 
So wasn't the culture difference is more safety. But I think it, I think it was a bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. But I think it's like because you're a female, we're worried for your safety. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had a brother to see how they would have treated them. Really? So your aunt has a has a a son? Yeah, so but she's like based in France. Yeah. So it's like Europe, yeah. Mm. But like uh, he would be able to come home at like 4 a.m. at the same age that I was told that I should be home right. at a reasonable time. Right. There were things like that. Mm. Um, just a little bit more double standards that I obviously didn't agree with and I, I kind of like stood my ground on, okay. but they still existed. Yeah. Yeah. I think like the transition when in the beginning you accept all the rules and then when you grow older, you start to want to defy a lot more of them, especially, I don't know, teenage years, right? It's probably mm-hmm. what you've been feeling the stronger to do. And you know what a really good thing that I really appreciate my mom for saying? She would always sit, remind me, she was like, it's your life. Like she would always tell me that. And I think that was really, really good for my development, like mm-hmm. that she's not in control of me. Like she wouldn't, she would never try to try to tell me that. She was always like, "It's your life." Like at the end of it, you you decide what you want to decide to do. And I was like, "Okay, right. that's good." And then she would tell me not to do something, but you know, <laughs> it was like she she understood that I had to learn that. Yeah, it was very respectful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's justified or not to worry about a woman's safety more than a man's i don't think it's bad like i think yeah i agree so then you know there's there's a point to what our parents were doing when i look back in hindsight i think i think it's justified to be afraid okay i don't think fear should get in the way of opportunity or of certain interactions that you have i think it's always good to have caution on your side yeah like i think Instead of telling me that I couldn't go somewhere, yeah. who have told me to be cautious yeah. would have been a more effective way of handling that situation because them telling me I couldn't go somewhere made me think, huh, I'm going somewhere. I'm going to do what I want. And it's and then that sort of like relationship got conflict. strained. Yeah, there was conflict because they weren't able to communicate why they didn't think a certain way. And like in hindsight, when I talked to my parents about all these situations, they kind of explain it to me in a better way now. And I'm like, if you had told me this about maybe seven to six to seven years ago, I think I would have understood you. But in the heat of the moment, it, it didn't come across. And I think I think that's one of those things as well as an immigrant or a second gen immigrant is being able to communicate with my parents has become a lot easier and a lot better as I grew up Um, rather than when I was like a child or a teenager. They were able to understand me better now and I am able to understand them better now. So it's become easier to communicate what we both feel. I have a comment about that. Now, I've noticed when looking at Canadian families Mm -hmm. that kids essentially are more respected in the sense that they get an explanation for what's going on. Mm -hmm. They get a choice. They get, you know, to decide some decisions. Like, for the most part, very traditional families, you don't have shit. You know, you have no word in what we're doing. We're doing it now. Let's go, right? Mm -hmm. And obviously, there's so many benefits to being able to communicate with your children what's going on, why you're doing something, getting their input, even if, you know, just to have the communication fully be crystal clear. But on the other side of that is some parents are too lenient. And I've seen a lot of kids disrespect their parents constantly and be rude to them in front of their parents because they think it's cool. And it's just so heartbreaking for someone to watch that's like, you let your kid do that? Like that's, and it's 
sad. Yeah. There's a, there's a balance to everything. I think it'd be really great if traditional parents try to communicate more to their kids. Like, I think that's the right way to raise a child. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think that's a very, very common theme to that everyone can relate on. Right. As a first generation, like, I mean, second generation. Yeah. Like I never knew why my parents struggled. Like I never saw my parents, like they wouldn't show me that. Cause they, they didn't want to burden me with that, mm-hmm. I guess. But like, how are you going to understand what they're going through? You know, how are you going to understand if like, you know, I want to do something and my parents are like, no, we can't do that. And I don't understand why it's because they're going through something difficult. Like you're never going to catch that if you don't yeah. tell your child that. Yeah. Well, my next comment was just, I wonder how our experience will affect us raising children in the future. Like what are we going to take from our parents to raise our children and what are we completely gonna say no that was a ridiculous way of parenting i'm curious to see how that's gonna work yeah whatever influence we might have yeah that's true i was also say like i don't know if we could do what our parents did these days mm, you know yeah like our generation's too soft <laughs> right to like go through all that i think yeah oh but to go through th- hardship yeah as tough as they went through yeah i think that's fair yeah I do too. I think that's very fair. I don't even know if there's anywhere else in the world I would want to go for a better opportunity. I don't think there like a, a better place exists. That's true too. Yeah. yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know like a lot of people that still want to go back, and I still think it's because they didn't fully immerse into the culture. Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, well, you know Charlie, right? We all know Charlie. Yeah. 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 Like he, he really wants to go back, even yeah. though like he's already spent a lot. Like his English is pretty good. Yeah. Like there's no. That's not a barrier, but he's like, he just doesn't feel the same. Yeah, like it doesn't feel the same for him. Yeah. Thinking about my aunts. So I have my aunts moved to Canada too. And everyone's moving to Canada for a better place, right? But then my uncle mentioned that he thinks that the potential for finding a partner is more difficult because there's not people around you who have the same culture, same background. And then, yeah, you can be friends or yeah, you can be amicable, but you won't find like a partner to live your life with yeah. as easily. Like if it's, if it's hard enough to make friends, like how are you going to find a partner? Right. So my uncle was just saying like, there's a big sacrifice moving over in your twenties and whatnot that should also be considered is that your dating life or your family life yeah. is going to be affected by this. Yeah. That's very yeah. True. yeah. And I didn't, I didn't even think about that until he mentioned yeah, I used, I used to think that in your 20s would be like the perfect age to adapt, but yeah, maybe not. It'd be harder to relate. Like, do you think Charlie would date any other ethnicity? You know, like if anyone with a similar mentality, I think yeah, is like not yeah. as open, right? Yeah. And it's not a bad, like it's not, I'm not saying that's a bad way to think. I'm just saying like, it's harder to adapt. Like there's so many things you have to take into consideration. Yeah. 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 So the what, how are we going to raise our kids? What's it, what's the difference going to be now? Now that we've experienced what it's like to have immigrant parents. When I was younger, I'd always think whenever something would happen, I'm like, I'm going to raise my, my kids completely different. They're going to have all the freedom in the world. Right. They're going to get whatever they ask for. I'm going to be the perfect mom. But then I realized that like all the things that I was unhappy with as a child, maybe it wasn't executed correctly, but... The intentions Mm -hmm. were very correct Mm -hmm. because, I mean, my parents did raise me the way I am and I think they did a pretty good Mm -hmm. job. I just think there are definitely 
different ways to go about certain things. I would say specifically for me, I would be more open uh, in conversation of mm. what I don't know I'm struggling with yeah. or even what I think they should be doing and what what do they think they should be doing and why I disagree like more mm-hmm. of a collaborative approach not not for everything right because you still have to instill discipline right I'm just saying mm-hmm. for for bigger and broader issues like sure there's a balance of what you should introduce your kids to at a certain age but yeah. like you said the way to tell someone something clearly you have to go to the root problem not just say go be a doctor it's just I want you to have a safe and secure life you know yeah 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 Mm-hmm. I think yeah discipline I think is important to do correctly I know my parents they disciplined me pretty hard and in ways that our relationship was completely different growing up because of the way they disciplined me I think I definitely would use a more friendly and loving approach to discipline I think mm-hmm. you had a pretty different experience yeah uh I don't think I was disciplined at um, all yeah like not really but I was like a really? pretty good kid yeah <laughs> Yeah. Like my, like I don't think I did many things wrong. Or, or like that. Yeah. But my parents were pretty good. Like they taught things at the right times, I think, and made me learn things at the right time too. Yeah. Can you be specific? Like just life lessons. And they were very open to me exploring stuff, trying new things. Did you feel like you could tell your parents anything while you were growing up? No, I didn't. But <laughs> I don't think that's a part of it. I think like there's always going to be some secret growing up yeah, between you and your parents. But in terms of character traits, decision making, those things. Values. Yeah, values. Like once those are right, I think everything else, they won't be too far off. Right. Yeah. I think we won't be able to discipline our kids as strongly as our parents did. Yeah. Because you need that struggle. Uh, yeah. You go through that. <laughs> So you know, so you you really want your kids to feel that, you know? Yeah. I think our kids yeah. will definitely have it a bit more, a bit more easy than we did. But yeah. not to say we're not going to tell them about all of our experiences and what we went through having immigrant parents, um, how they should be grateful for of how, been, how they're being raised. Yeah. Yeah. There'll still be some miscommunications, of course. But <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to think about. Yeah. Okay, thank you everyone for joining. Arujula, thank you so much for joining. I think we had some great conversations and we got to know each other even further than the four years that we spent together. (sighs) Man, who would have thought? But yeah, thank you everyone for sharing your stories. I think we were all very open about our history and and hopefully people will pick up some new information and just get a bit of insight on our our experiences. Mm -hmm. See See you later. See you.